Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, your on-air ladies Bible study event. Episode 110, Living in the Tension with Lisa Apollo, author and mother of seven who was widowed at an early age and is now using her experiences to help others grieve through all types of losses is the show today. My intention is to help you see that life can be good again and lead you in a discussion that will help you start putting your world back together. This show is talking about how life leaves you living in the tension of what God wants the world to be like and how your realities can seemingly contradict His promises. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 110. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. A few years ago, I was asked to speak at the Crossroads Staff Chapel, where many Canadian Christian television shows are taped. They wanted me to share some of my John Maxwell training with a motivational and inspirational message. A week before I was to speak, I heard the news reporting on the horrifying death of the toddler outside their studios. A great sense of responsibility came over me, realizing my turn on the chapel schedule was now following the week after this tragedy. Crossroads leadership called and discussed how it was no longer appropriate for me to share some of my John Maxwell training and asked if I could instead share a word of comfort. Knowing I was going to speak to an emotionally bereft group changed the dynamics drastically. I was honored to be the one God had positioned for the task, but at the same time, I was scared skinny. I would be speaking with people whose hearts were heavy with the deeper questions of life, living in the tension of what God wants the world to be like and how our realities can seemingly contradict His promises. Everyone was thinking about it, and so many had questions, hard questions, especially from those who didn't have a faith in Christ but worked at the Crossroads Center in rented office spaces but joined in our meeting. I felt God encouraging me to talk about how Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted and explained how this world isn't running the way God initially created it to function. What happened there was not part of God's plan. It's hard to grasp, but the explanation for this truth goes back to Jesus' statements in John chapter 10 when he was trying to explain how he was the good shepherd, the Messiah. Jesus taught how the devil's purpose was in direct opposition to his when he said in John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. It was true back when Jesus' feet walked the earth, and it's still true today. Thankfully, Jesus didn't end his statement in the negative. Jesus completed his message by assuring everyone that his purpose is to give you this rich, satisfying, abundant life. The enemy, he wants to take from you. Jesus came to give. Jesus came with a purpose to bring good into your life. But then, why do you suffer? 
Jesus was trying to enlighten people to the reality of spiritual warfare. We can try to pretend it's not a reality, but we're ignoring the facts. The battle of good versus evil, it's not just a fictitious theme for sci-fi movies. You see, this war of good versus evil started at the beginning of time and continues to rage today. The fallout from this clashing of kingdoms leaves us wounded and experiencing heartache. As long as you exist on earth, you live in the tension of these two simple truths. The first, God is good and his purpose is to give you a good life. And the second, the devil is bad and his purpose towards you are evil. In times of uncertainty, when your tension wires seem like they're about to snap and the reality of the devil's purpose is being played out in your life, don't lose hope in the truth that God is good. Whether it happens here on God's green earth or when you get to heaven, God will give you the abundant life he promised through Jesus. He is true to his promises. It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in, you know, mainstream or secular music, whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Lisa Apollo is a widow and mom of seven amazing children. As a founding member of Widow's Mama Collective, a Facebook community for young widows, she helps women find hope in the hard places of loss. She's a popular blogger and now an author. Lisa loves seeing women flourish in the strength of God's promises, and I've been blessed to know her for about eight years, I think, as we used to connect regularly, weekly through blog linkups. Welcome to the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I'm happy to be here. Yes, I am so glad to have yet another of my, what we'll call virtual friends. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I think, you know, we, a bunch of us that used to be in those blogging linkups, we, you know, got to know each other week by week posting our blogs, commenting on each other and got to meet some of the most incredible people out there. And you were one of them that just really stood out as such a great writer and someone with a real heart to help others. And you've gone through a lot. We're going to talk about that. But I'm wondering if maybe you could share, starting off the bat here, a Bible study tool or tip, something that God has used as you've gone through so many different things in your life to help you get into his word. One of my favorite Bible study tips is to, and I did this when I was teaching the Bible to a class of women every week. When we when we would start a new book of the Bible, I would read the whole thing through. I think so often we get the Bible in patches or each book mm. of the Bible in like passages or verse by verse, which is awesome. But to get the overview of what the whole book is saying is just incredible. And if it's a short enough book, you know, read it through a number of times because each time God impresses different things on me as I read it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. It really does kind of give you that bird's eye view that helps you sort of see themes and different things that you would kind of not notice when you're just reading one verse at a time. Yeah, and context. 
to say, oh, that mm-hmm. verse I've always known. It It's right there in that paragraph. Well, that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense now. Yeah, you really, it does change some things where you realize, oh, well, actually, maybe it means this because they're talking about that before. So great tip there. And I'm wondering if you could share a verse that would encourage people. Yes. One of my favorite verses is found in Deuteronomy 33, 27, and it says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And it's such a picture of just the unchangeability of God, how he stays the same no matter when our circumstances change and how he carries us um, mm. through through the hard. Mm-hmm. Well, Lisa, I think that that verse is so good and encouraging to help us to understand that God is going to be those everlasting arms because I think life is filled with a lot of opportunities to fall into those arms. Um, There's just no different things that we go through you know, not just one problem, but I know really the the big struggle that you've gone through in your life um, is when you tragically lost your husband, Dan, and it was such a difficult moment. And I know that God has done a lot of healing in your life since then. But I'm wondering if you could maybe share with us what, you know, what surrounded your life then and, and how was that when you lost your husband? Yeah, well, for us, there was no sign or warning or symptoms. Um, There was no chronic illness that we had, you know, been walking through. This just came from nowhere. And Mm. if you had asked me, you know, at that time about my life, it was not perfect. I wouldn't have said I had a perfect life, but I definitely had a life that I loved and that I wanted. I was a mom. Um, At that point, I had had stopped working. I was home because we had seven children and they were four years old at 19. (laughs) Seven. So it was a busy you know, family with all kinds of things going on. And on a very, what I thought was normal Friday morning, I woke up to Dan's funny breathing and was not even awake enough to open my eyes, but just, you know, reached my hand over and nudged him and said, it's just a nightmare. Thinking that he would turn over and then we'd fall back asleep and wake up to his alarm in a couple hours. But Mm. he didn't turn over and I realized he was still doing that breathing. And when I jumped out of bed and turned on the light, I could see that something was was terribly wrong. And so I went into crisis mode. I called 911 and she walked me through CPR. I had not even gotten through two rounds and the paramedics were there. And so I was very hopeful. I thought, okay, he is in good hands. I mean, he had been non-responsive to me, but I thought they were there in such a short time that I had caught his breathing quickly enough. And at the same time, I was crying out for God's mercy. I mean, audibly pacing the Mm. living room, crying out for God's mercy. And they took him by ambulance to the emergency room where I followed. And it was not long after that that they called me in and said that they had worked on Dan for over two hours and they had never been able to revive him. Mm. And so that was it. Like one night's sleep. Life just shattered in every way possible. In every way possible. And so thinking about that circumstance and then your favorite verse, Deuteronomy 33, 27, did God you know, hold you in that time? Did you experience those everlasting arms and maybe in any tangible way? Yeah, I did. I mean, it was, it was very painful. It was excruciating. It was physically Mm -hmm. painful. It was like, it was like somebody had hollowed out my insides and I was, I was walking around me, but, but it was just, you know, um, it was just painful in so many ways. And yet, 
at the same time, while it did not negate the pain or lessen the pain, mm-hmm. God was so tangibly um, around us. I mean, His presence was so palpable. And even on that first day, I could see ways that God had gone before us and was there with us. I mean, one of the very clear ways He went before me is right before this had happened, Dan and I had just gotten back from four days away by by ourselves. We never, I we mm. never got away. I had seven children. There was nobody who could <laughs> come in and do that. And, you know, it was too hard for me to get away. And he wanted me to go on a business trip. And so my older daughter was like, I'll keep the kids. And I almost didn't go. The night before we were going to leave, I said, I can't go. I was too busy. And he, he, I could tell that's all he wanted was just for me to go. And I just had that mm. little nudge, like, Lisa, the only thing your husband wants is for you to go on this trip. Just go. What a gift to have that time together. We actually went back to places we had gone to when we dated. We, you know, I got to see him, that he was healthy, that it was nothing that I could have done or missed. Mm-hmm. We reminisced, we talked. It has been a gift. And so, and so I could tell you a hundred of those stories where God brought people into our life, where God um, orchestrated things for us, even afterward, and where God has provided for us all these years later. Well, that is so encouraging to me and to anyone listening here that God is going to be those everlasting arms no matter what we face. Hi, I'm Lisa Apollo from episode 109 and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is I Am Not Alone by Carrie Joe. Warmer weather means you're always on the move. And the My Joy Radio app means the songs you love and the encouragement you crave move with you. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered right to your smartphone. Or download them ahead for offline listening. Be uplifted, whether at the office or the beach. The My Joy Radio app, available now. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with Lisa Apollo, author, blogger, and leader of a Facebook community for young widows. And Lisa, you were just sharing with us, you know, how you lost your husband, Dan. You had this incredible gift of a vacation right before this shocking experience of losing him so quickly. And you talked about how difficult it was to go through it and painful. And I think that sometimes Christians try to gloss over pain, unfortunately. (laughs) But in your book, you talk about lamenting. And, you know, there's a whole book in the Bible that's called Lamentations. And I think that's something that maybe the the church of our day has kind of forgotten about and, and in an unhealthy way, you know, wants you to skip over. So I'm just wondering, like, what does lamenting mean to you? Yeah, lamenting is going to God with our honest emotions. God does not expect us to fake that we're fine, that we've got it all together, mm-hmm. that we understand, you know, these these awful circumstances. 
Um, and so we can take these emotions that are so hard and lost, these negative emotions of like uh, pain and, and missing loneliness, despair, even, even anger. We can take that to God and leave it there. And, but then we always say, but I trust you. So it's saying, Lord, I am hurting, mm-hmm. but I trust you. Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are hearing you today and I know that it's years later. And how many years later has it been since Dan passed away? It's been 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So we're not talking, this is, you're you're on the radio five months after your husband has passed no. away. You've had time to lament and time to heal. And so I, I think this is encouraging to people, you know, if you're in this stage where you've just lost a loved one, it's okay to lament. But if you work with God, you can get to the point where Lisa's at. And I know your book is titled Life Can Be Good Again. And that's a huge promise, right? And especially from someone who's gone through such grieving as you have. And I'm wondering, like, what does it mean for you that life can be good again? And what could it be for someone listening that has just lost someone or, or is in the middle of, you know, losing someone? You know, when life implodes in loss, I hear this from so many that they don't think they'll ever smile again, that they don't think they'll ever have real joy again. And I remember thinking, you know, I'll make the most out of life as it is, but I will never really be um, that happy, you know, bubbling up joyful again. And, you know, the promise is, is from God is that all the good is not behind us, that if we will do the work of grief, and the book does not skip that. We go deep into the emotions of grief um, and to you know, what it feels like and the, and the hard steps and questions that we have there. But if we will do that work, then we will be able to not get stuck in that place of grief, but move through it. And in and, and God's just kindness, he, Grief softens. The loss is always there. He has missed it every mm-hmm. Christmas and every dinner we have at the table, every milestone. But the the grief itself softens. Now, when you were grieving the loss of your husband, you also had seven children grieving the loss of their father. And I was wondering, how were you able to support those that were grieving, you know, your children and maybe in-laws and other people? Like, how did you do that? How did you manage that part? Yeah, well, we, you know, we all grieve differently and children are going to grieve differently than adults. And so that's the first thing to know that our kids and even people in the same household and family that have experienced the same loss are going to grieve differently. One of the first things that we did as a family when we sat down after the memorial service and, you know, everybody went back to their lives. I said, we're going to have to have a lot of grace with each other because I knew that it would look different for my teen daughter than my teen boys, than my four-year-old, and that I was a grieving parent. I would be a different Mm -hmm. parent for them. And then the second thing is, this is so important for children. As a parent walking children through grief, to keep the conversation open. It is too much for them to carry. It is too big. And they don't even know how to approach it. But to keep a warm place in the home, a warm, safe place to ask questions, to um you know, to say, this is this was hard for me today. And to ask questions like, not how are you doing? Because they're not going to answer that. But what do you <laughs> yeah, miss most? Fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you miss most? Or um, what was hard for going back to basketball today? Or let me tell you a story about your dad. You know, just keeping that conversation open. 
That is great advice. Um, there's something that you talk about too um, when you say that when we're suffering loss, God is not writing plan B for us. Instead, he's leading us toward chapter two. <laughs> that really is thought provoking. And can you just explain that idea a little bit more? This was so impactful for me, and it did not come early in my in my loss. It came somewhere in year two where I just was alone in my quiet time with the Lord, and in my thoughts, I thought, you know, I don't like my life. This is not what I chose. Mm -hmm. And on the heels of that came came these thoughts that while this was unexpected for me, it was had been allowed by God, and it was not a plan B, that He does not give us plan B, that He doesn't give mm. you know His children second best or the leftovers of the life that we thought we would always have, that it was an intentional chapter two. And as such, while it would look different, it by definition had as much joy and abundance and goodness as all the days before. And it was my, it was up to me to lean into that truth until my emotions and my heart caught up. It didn't immediately fix everything, but it did realign my heart to the truth. Lisa, as we close this interview, I'm just wondering if you could share some words of encouragement with those that are grieving. Yeah, I think my encouragement would be to not try to escape it or sh shortcut through it. There are no shortcuts, but to bring all of your heart emotions to the Lord and let Him do that work in you. Uh, you know, if we will give God all the pieces of our brokenness, He can reshape what's shattered. And it may look different than what we ever thought, but it can be beautiful again. That is such incredible encouragement that I know people listening are going to be needing to hear this. And when we go through loss, and, and I don't think that your book will only work for people who have lost a loved one. I think it really will speak to people who are grieving any kind of loss. And I just want to there thank you so much. stories for, in there. Yeah, for sharing your loss with us and how God has really brought you through and how you're helping others. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry. I appreciate it. I'm so thankful God is there when tragedy strikes. He's literally as close as the mention of his name. Living in the tension between good and evil, God's good plans and the devil's evil schemes for your life is difficult. So I challenge you to ask God to increase your longing for heaven and eternity where God will wipe away every tear and all that will remain is good. Help your heart to not fixate on the displays of evil, that it clouds the truth of God's goodness in your life by listening to worship music, putting yourself in places to hear God speak, and hanging out with His encouraging people. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 110, Living in the Tension, on the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights, scripture graphics to share, and information about our guest at soulh2o.com slash 110. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while listening on your device and share on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O. And don't forget to tag us. Come back next week as we talk with Nicolette Herbert from Open Doors Ministry. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed.
We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. 